Welcome in to a special edition of the DNVR Draft Podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings, who has some updated draft props. You love to see it. Quarterback odds first drafted right now. Um, Use that code DNVR for some amazing Super Bowl offers. Here with my brother, Schwan Man, Jake Schwanitz, on a special Sunday edition Go through all the all-star games. Get our thoughts on Sean Payton. All-timer, man. I've been waiting all week to do this. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I'm kind of hurting because there's no real football being played this weekend. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, we had the Senior Bowl to get us through, so I'm, I'm surviving. Yeah, the Senior Bowl came in clutch, no doubt. Um, and finally, having a coach here to talk about also came in clutch. Sean Payton is our guy and while we are a draft pod we always love talking about college football and the best players in college and how they connect to the nfl and all those trends we're also at our core a a podcast about team building and making this Mm -hmm. huge move for sean payton trading a first rounder that first rounder the broncos got for bradley chubb 29th overall in this year's draft a second rounder next year so we'll it'll still be an, another year still before we have a full arsenal of draft picks getting a third rounder in return a 2024 mm-hmm. third if yep. i'm not mistaken um taking me some time to process i hate losing the picks um i, I don't want to get too much into the actual search process that seemed to be a bit of a shit show at times <laughs> but ultimately we always talk about building long-term. This is a move to build long-term, to have a premier um, franchise architect and offensive mind and builder in your building and a late first and a second, which you hope is a little later as well. Not the most outrageous price to give up. What are your initial thoughts on all this, Jake? Um, I think I've got two main takeaways from this. One is F them picks again. Um, Sean Payton is worth more than, I mean, a guard, a center, a running Mm -hmm. back, um, than a lot of positions that the Broncos would have been taken at 30th overall. And then just the value of coaching, man. Uh, Sean Payton, one of the brightest offensive minds the NFL has seen, uh, in its history. Now he gets to pair up with another quarterback who has fit the archetype of Drew Brees, a little undersized, a guy who may be on the back end side of his career. Um, So I'm expecting Sean Payton to kind of go back to those roots, how he built the Saints. Um, And I think that's the image that we're going to see with this new look Broncos team. But honestly, I'm pumped. I think this he was my favorite option to be head coach for multiple reasons, but just because I think he's the best coach out there that the Broncos could have actually got. The offensive acumen based on what the Broncos have had in a long while is huge to have on board. Um, But what you really love of Sean Payton is what you were hinting at is his track record in, in building a team. And it allows you to both maximize the talent you currently have, but also have a mind behind the wheel that you trust to build this long-term and how he built the saints over the last decade. I focused a little more on the post uh, year suspension for bounty gate and how he built it's crazy the last 
seven drafts, 2021, all the way dating back to 2015. It's O-line, D-line, Marshawn Lattimore, 11th overall in a trade-up. D-line, Davenport, trade-up. O-line, Eric McCoy, second rounder, but still their first pick is in the trenches. Another center, Cesar Ruiz in 2020. Peyton Turner in 2021. It's all in the trenches, which is so mm-hmm. fitting to that Parcells coaching tree comes from, which is a real inside-out building. Um, amazing quotes from Coach Prime that you and Ryan were talking about, how Coach Prime's talked about his philosophy is mm-hmm. the opposite of that. It may be more of a modern philosophy, especially in the wide-open college game. In the NFL, having those big dudes, building in the trenches, having that depth. um, It all starts with Andrus Pete, that run, which is a tackle that he moved in at guard. Um, I think it was also part of maximizing um, Drew Brees, a veteran quarterback, an undersized quarterback, and having to really protect him up the middle, you know, um, lost in that is you have the advantage of Taron Armstead being a third round pick and then being like the best left tackle in the NFL for a nice stretch. So that allows you some freedoms to be a little more aggressive inside. And of course, the other side of this is they were able to find some really talented skill players later on in the draft. Alvin Kamara, Jimmy Graham. Uh, Breeze is obviously a guy they acquire in free agency. Kenny Stills, um, Michael Thomas is a second rounder. The list goes on and on. That's what I'm excited about. When I was studying up on all these senior bowl guys and other stuff for this episode, now I've just got that appetite, Jake, of every unknown, every little swaggy skill player who might not even go in the top 100. Ooh, could that be a Sean Payton guy? How could Sean Payton use that guy and turn him into a fantasy star in a couple of years. That's what has me really excited. Yep. Just to build on those. I mean, you go to how he builds his team, especially like you said, up the middle, man, they invested not only with these draft picks, but don't you remember the Jimmy Graham trade? They traded for Max Unger at center when they mm-hmm. gave away Jimmy Graham, they really invested mm-hmm. there. Um, even going back to like the late two thousands, early 2010s. I mean, uh, who were those guys? Dre, um, those big guards, like Carl Nix was one of them that they invested in re, yeah. uh, re-signed when his contract was up. They really invested in those guards. They really invested in the center. And, I mean, the proof was in the pudding, though. When you watch Drew Brees play, I mean, you could say it's about every quarterback, but pressure up the middle is what really killed Drew Brees, and it's because of his height. Mm-hmm. When you had that solid interior offensive line, he was able to really you know, feel comfortable in the pocket and step up right. and do his magic there. Um, going back to the skill players and what you were saying, I mean, yeah, anyone that has like that flashes with some twitch, you're like, yep, this is a guy mm-hmm. that could probably be used or any guy who's like a potential slash player. You know, I don't know if he's a wide receiver or running back. That's a guy that right. Sean Payton would find a role for. Um, so it's time to get back into those and have confidence in those guys. Yes. To succeed on the field because the Broncos just straight up haven't had a play caller, or a play designer to really utilize those guys in that fashion, going back to Peyton Manning and Gary Kubiak at the helm. Right. And it's all about isolating those dynamic playmakers, putting them, doesn't really matter what position they're playing, isolate them, get them in space, let them do their thing. You know, it's 
It's just smart football. Um, and how he's going to use Russell Wilson's going to be really interesting. Of course, the other side of the coin on building through the O-line is that then that veteran quarterback can benefit from a nice running game, which right. is huge. I mean, and I think we've seen it just in this this season of the NFL, how much that bully ball, more old school, fundamentally sound football is still king in the NFL. It just it doesn't matter. Um, the Eagles are doing that maybe in a new age package with a little more RPO and a little more QB runs. But at its core, it's a dynamic offensive line. That's the best running team in NFL history. Um, or, you know, it's it's up there. The Niners, we grew up on Shanahan offenses. And Sean Payton's offense reminds me of that, where any running back we're going to draft on day three, it's like, oh, shit, could this be like yeah. our next dude, you know? Um, so it just fits in that. It's interesting. Um, Evero seems to not be a DC option anymore. The early leader in the clubhouse is, um, I don't have it in front of me, but the, the Vikings guy, right? I was going to say the Seahawks guy. Um, oh, okay. The side. Uh, so that makes me think a little more cover three, maybe a little more length opposite mm-hmm. um, Pat Sertan uh, for more four man rushes and more, uh, depth and rotation because we're we're gonna try to get there with four and a little more uh versatility athleticism at linebacker you know that might be addressed mm-hmm. a little sooner rather than later last thing on kind of Sean Payton and um looking at this higher through the lens of the draft as a Parcells disciple I uh I always immediately go to the Parcells QB rules um, he is not from the Ron Wolf school, the old great Packers GM who was big on drafting a quarterback every year and just l- using a lottery ticket that way. The way he drafted his final couple seasons in New Orleans, you would think that because, um, they did get some guys like Tommy Stevens out of uh Mississippi State. Ian Book was drafted in Peyton's final year. But aside from that, over 10-year span, Garrett Grayson, a quarterback that Justin and I know very well, only quarterback he ever drafted in the top 100. Um, And in this quarterback class, Jake, the guys who fit the Parcells QB rules it's not Bryce Young who just – of course, he's not a senior, but whatever. Bryce Young's right. actually graduated from what I could find. He's just short on games. It should be 30 games. Um, so 30 starts, he's short on that. C.J. Stroud ain't it. Will Levis ain't it. Anthony Richardson maybe checks one box of the entire group. I actually think he yeah. checks none. Uh, touchdown to interception ratio doesn't fit. Uh, career completions, games – being a senior starts uh, wins. <laughs> Anthony Richardson doesn't check off one Parcells rule QB box. Circle Hendon Hooker, Max Duggan. Max Duggan surprised me because the whole background on Max Duggan is oh he only he finally started in his final year, but he had a lot of mm-hmm. starts. You know it it was a lot of like off and on, but he did start a decent amount. 
Stenson Bennett, of course, and Dorian Thompson Robinson. Yes, sir. Who in Sean Payton's hands would be very intriguing, my mm-hmm. friend. Jake Hayner, well, I think, misses it on starts, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. That's my guy. Um, yep. You got to throw in Taysom Hill, though, when you're talking about Sean Payton and the development at quarterback, because that was another guy that was just a ball of clay coming into the NFL. And he really turned him into, I mean, a multi-position player. But I do think that there is something to these Parcel rules. I mean, obviously he's a legend, but just looking at how a lot of these guys recently have panned out, you know, your Trey Lance types, um, obviously he was injured, but you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, And guys like that's what makes me nervous about guys like Anthony Richardson, particularly because they don't check off enough boxes. You're just looking at tools there. Um, Especially like the guys like Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, say what you will, but those guys actually were Parcells rules guys. Yeah. Um, Josh Allen was in a lot of ways, but misses out because of of the completion percentage, I believe. Mm -hmm. Actually, he might be off on touchdown to interception ratio as well. But the longevity has proven to be really important. And as much as even recently we've tried to ignore the one-year wonders at quarterback, those guys haven't necessarily worked out. You know, the Kylers, the Bakers. um, It's been more the Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, I bet you, is another yeah. Parcells rules guy, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And you do worry that we've gone to too far of an inflection in, in now like, oh shit, Lamar, Jalen, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. We just want the toolsy balls of clay and it, we're losing sight of, no, those are actually Parcells rules guys, you know? Yep. Yep. I mean, playing quarterbacks hard, man. And mm-hmm. there's nothing that can replace the experience that comes Brock Purdy, another great example. Exactly. Um, Just, I mean, look at Brock Purdy to keep on with that example. Coming into the NFL, I mean, I I watched him and, I mean, it was a mess at Iowa State at times, but especially I think kind of helped him for sure, but it kind of helped him. I mean, he's been in the shit, man. He's been in these chaotic games where he's literally the only guy that can make a play um, and just throwing balls up and, that poise and that calmness confidence in the pocket uh, mm-hmm. that shone through in his rookie season. And it's something that I think that's one of those things that factors into the it factor where you can't put your finger on it, but the quarterback that has it, it's that confidence, that poise, especially once they have that experience under their belt. Yeah. And you could have said that about Josh Allen, man. Like it was mm-hmm. a mess at times, but the dude still found ways to win at Wyoming where no one had really won like that in a really long time. Yeah. Um, and, and there was always something to that, man. There was always something to that. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's a really, really intriguing lens to look at the Broncos drafting right now. And they do have two third rounders going into this draft pick 68 and 69, um, and then pick 109 early in the fourth. So it's it's basically three borderline top 100 picks, and then still their fifth and sixth rounders. I kind of expect a priority to be to try and move down once or twice from the third round, once or twice from that early fourth pick, get as much draft capital now and for the future as you can. 
I also think we may be talking about um, some veteran players being traded to try and get some extra draft capital, you know, and some more uh, team-friendly contracts on the roster here. Um, There's going to be some level of deconstruction of the roster for sure. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I mean, again, this has to be more of a long-term build. The, right. You can't be too obsessed with winning next year or trying to win under a Russell Wilson. This window. year, even like, yeah. yeah, let's all wait and see. Let's try to build this the right way, the long term way. Not get exactly. too caught up in what you're missing right now. So, um, what you may be missing right now is um, the fun of betting on the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, DraftKings Sportsbook, where new customers can bet just $5, get 200 in free bets instantly. That's on top of existing customers getting all the great deals DraftKings is offering right now, like stepped-up same-game parlays, boosts, and uh, the, the pools they have going on. All the props they have for the Super Bowl, it's just amazing. No better no better time to jump on DraftKings Sportsbook. You're a draft nut like us. You can use that to your advantage and, and place some nice little draft props right now. Quentin Johnson uh, to be the first wide receiver taken. Maybe you're a Jordan Addison guy. Maybe you're a Jackson Smith and Jigba. I heard a little buzz coming out of the shrine that Zay Flowers at plus 1,200 to be the first wide receiver taken. Might be really nice value. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DMVR. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code DMVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Also, shout out to our friends over at Jive Hive, a virtual dispensary on wheels. Jive Hive is amazing. They offer you low pricing and the convenience, privacy, and security you would want. Say you want this delivery to your job or somewhere where you need it discreetly, Jive Hive's got you covered. Or say you're at home partying, you don't want to drive and go pick up your weed. Well, Jive Hive also has you covered there. Don't drive, Jive Hive. Just visit jivehive.com, J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Get your order delivered the same day your scheduled delivery window, and they'll be there to say hi. Head over to jivehive.com and enter your address to find out if Jivehive can deliver to your door. Now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. My, oh my, we have the ultimate Breckenridge Brewery game day experience giveaway. I'm so excited that we can offer this to our listeners and all our diehards out there because these are two insane deals. Breck has teamed up with us to give fans, two fans for abs and nuggets, VIP tickets, Lexus Club Access, parking, and DNVR merch. Avs game is Thursday, March 9th against the Kings, section 102, row 5. Um, Nugs giveaway, 30th of March against the Pellies. Two tickets, courtside, row 2. And that's, again, with Lexus Club Access, parking pass, and free gear from DNVR for either giveaway. 
how to enter, head to dmvr.com slash sweeps S-W-E-E-P-S, and complete the form to enter. All we need is a couple quick questions entered by you. Must be 21 or older. Um, and links are in the show description. Winner will be selected one week before each game. Insane deal. I want our diehards to get in on this and try to take advantage. Please do check it out. It's amazing. So there you go. All right, Jakester. We had a lot going on mm-hmm. this last week without any college football. Let's get into the all these all-star games, though. Daniel Jeremiah went crazy on a top 50. A really interesting mock from The Athletic and Dan Brugler. Um, but let's start here before we get into anything. Where how how good is this draft class? Where would you rank this draft class? Um a question we really we haven't gotten have into. Ones. Yeah. 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 If you go back to uh the Pastor Tan draft class, which seemed like it was just budding with star potential. You look at this one and it's pretty underwhelming. I mean, I don't think we're in like 20, 2013 areas of uh mm. you know, lack of talent where Tavon Austin's your first receiver, uh EJ Manuel's your first quarterback, stuff like that. Um Eric, but this isn't Luke a great Joko and Eric Fisher were picks one and yes. two. I mean, a disaster. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's not that bad, but it's not great. Yeah. It's an intriguing class because you see this, you see like the senior bowl and you start seeing some mocks that you can take a little more seriously and some top fifties you can start taking a little more seriously. And it kind of is like shit. Yeah. We're going to be, there's not really an elite talent that checks off all the boxes that, you know, Will Anderson, Jalen Carter are going to be in the mix. Um, right. There's, you know, the quarterbacks all have at least one blemish on the resume, even if it's just Bryce Young's size. Um, there's a lot of guys who kind of underwhelmed, no one who really blew up. It's a classic, like you're only going to have 13 to 18 first round grades. Um, the crop for the late, late first, early second is going to be intriguing and thick. And the top hundred picks are going to be, it's going to be a lighter top hundred, you know, what this class has going for them that at premium positions, especially quarterback, especially edge, especially cornerback, um, to some extent, offensive tackle. It's a nice running back class as well. And wide receiver depth, we've been spoiled, so it's nowhere close to the last few years. Yeah. It's not like lacking in wide receiver depth, you know. No, there's some guys, but it's yeah. It's not like defensive tackle a couple of years ago where it's like shit, I've got three guys in my top hundred, you know, like right. Um, mm-hmm. it's slim pickings, but like my top hundred is still gonna be littered with wide receivers, is what I'm getting at. Oh, for sure. Um and the edge class, honestly, is doing some heavy lifting. Because the edge depth is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Senior Bowl, which we'll get into in a second, I actually thought the interior O-line class really popped. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I think with those premium positions, with some high upside kind of diamond in the rough guys, some of those guys pop off. We might look back at this class and be like, wow, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud turned into like legit QBs. A lot of these wide receivers are like, solid starters 
you got some good edges, some good corners, some good OTs. It actually was a pretty good class, you know. Like there's just there's a little potential. top heavy. Yeah. Top heavy, yeah. And just kind of lacking lacking depth and just guys who you feel like comfortable with across the, every tier. It's like, ah shit, I wish I had a few more guys who checked off all the boxes or you know. Right. Well, if you like the Broncos who were potentially coming into this draft with a late first rounder, I mean, it totally makes sense when you look at why they gave away the pick, because I don't know if you can really add a someone that's going to just boost this lineup on either side of the ball at that slot, uh, a tremendous amount. I mean, you could of course get lucky, but um, just in terms of prospects at this point, I'm not really encouraged by that depth or the uh, level of talent around the 25 to 35 range, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, though, let's get into the Senior Bowl. It was an yeah. odd Senior Bowl because obviously the evals are happening heavily on the one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty rare year where you watch the D-line O-line and the wide receiver cornerback one-on-ones, which are set up for the D-line to dominate, yeah. for the wide receivers to dominate. Where, gosh, I thought both the corner groups and O-line groups won the day pretty consistently yeah. every single day in practice. Um, those guys... Especially yeah. the O-line, man. Woo. I mean, they, they were dominating. Yeah. Um, I mean, tons of standouts. We kind of got... If there was a group at the at the Senior Bowl where we kind of got spoiled, it was this one. Osiris Torrance, to me, solid as yeah. ever. Really good, man. The Florida offensive guard, a guy who, um, you know, we we mocked to the Broncos when we did a couple mocks. He'd yep. make a ton of sense with everything we talked about with Sean Payton, who we should also mention from from what I remember um, was more of a power blocking scheme. Um, so that's to be on the lookout for. But um, man, so many standout performances, especially on the interior O-line. Steve Avila out at TCU, who I think could be mm-hmm. available at one of those Broncos third-round picks, really looked good. Everyone was drooling over John Michael Schmitz, the top um, interior O-line for a lot of people. I thought he was solid, you know, not necessarily yeah. dominant, but solid. Same, same. Michigan center, who I think we agree was... Yep. Throughout the season, the most, the best, most consistent interior line in the entire country, mm-hmm. solid as well. Um, actually, I thought he flashed nicely in the game. So those guys were really a bright spot. Really played well. Um, and you know, I don't want to go on for five minutes, so I'll, I'll give you the floor. But I've got more O line notes for sure. <laughs> sure, I think overall the most impressive guy for me was Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. I mean, Ooh. tremendous anchor and just yeah. was just holding guys, you know, a yard deep um, in his drops. I mean, he had tremendous uh, strength. I was really impressed by the tackle Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. Mm. Um, Great size, but I think he really has strong hands and was putting the clamps on some guys. Dancing Um, bear. Really nice in pass pro. Kind of thought he dominated day two. And then the uh, Kansas edge, who I'm Mm going to find, Lonnie Phelps who had an amazing game as well, kind of took it to him on a couple reps. But aside from that, Duncan has the upside of a great, like, pass-protecting 
left tackle and another guy who could be around at in those 68 69 pick you never know like could yep. be in that range you know mm-hmm. um i'm just on the national team right now so daywan jones the ohio state offensive tackle oh, I think looks oh, nice oh yeah. my god oh my god huge broke massive. some kind of record like 36 inch arms um just like a clown show i think he shut it down after day one but like in one-on-ones he's just tossing people to the ground six foot eight three seventy five is what he measured (laughs) what in the world insane will we do what we did with is it trent brown who's now with the chiefs the former oklahoma guy yeah um oh i thought you were talking about the uh Former Alabama guy, the big guy from a couple years ago. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, no, I'm talking about the big Oklahoma kid. Yeah, um, I know who you're talking about. Who, you know, everyone, he he had the worst combine ever because he's like a different sized right. specimen than anyone else. <laughs> like he's not even our, our, he's not even a human like you and me, you know. He was <laughs> insane. Um, yeah. And Darnell Wright, the right tackle from Tennessee, Looked really good, especially early. And then Will McDonald started to come around. The Iowa State edge rusher who has 35-inch mm-hmm. arms. He was the one guy who could beat Wright. And uh, Wright struggled a bit with him. He was another guy who we talked about being mocked to the Broncos and played really well against Will Anderson, much like Osiris Torrance. Probably has the best tape against Jalen Carter of anyone. Yeah, Um some other guys, uh, Curtis McClendon from UT Chattanooga, I think played well. Yep. Um, yep. I was really impressed by Tyler Steen, the interior guy from Alabama, Osiris Tyrants, Torrance we talked about. Steen um, has some O tackle ability. His arms were under 34 inches, but um, he's intriguing kind of end of the top 100, the Alabama tackle guard, you know. Dude, how yeah. about Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse? Yeah, he was nice also. And then uh, Warren McClendon, the tackle from Georgia, I thought was really good too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we should mention Wanya Morris, the Oklahoma right tackle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge arms, but intriguing potential. Anton Harrison, the underclassman who declared and is projected as a first rounder, will get all the fanfare. But Morris is an intriguing developmental piece as well. Flipping sides, uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, the big like three tackle, one tech type guy out of Arizona State. I mean, Totri yeah. put me on him when we talked previewed the ASU game, and he delivered in that game, and he still looks pretty dominant. Um, who else stood out here? I, I thought Isaiah Foskey had some nice rushes around the edge. Oh man, he disappointed um, me. I thought him and Andre Carter really were some of the big disappointing guys of this. You know, I mean. Look, it's all relative. Foskey flashed. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for a guy we're talking about late first, and Andre Carter yeah. was being mocked top 20 for a lot of the season. That dude mm-hmm. might need a red shirt. Like, you know, like it, you look at him versus Will McDonald, we're not even talking about the same universe. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, I mean, like what we said off the top, it was O-line dominated. I mean, yeah. Derek Hall from Auburn stood out. His length stood out particularly to me. Day um, one look very nice. Yeah, power. Yeah. And he's got long-ass arms, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Byron Young, I thought, was nice at times. 
Tennessee or Alabama? Um, that was confusing as shit. That's Alabama. Okay, yeah, good, Alabama. Good. Oh yeah, there's two. Oh, I didn't there's realize. Two. There's two. Yeah. Um, well, I might. I don't even know. Then I, I was just looking at the <laughs> video. So. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> let's move to wide receivers corners. I absolutely fell in love with Nathaniel Dell. Little jitterbug out of Houston. Oh my god. Get him in Sean Payton's hands. And, you know, like just to compete with uh, Washington and kind of be a little KJ Hamler insurance, Dell was Mm -hmm. explosive, crossing guys up like he was Allen Iverson out there. Unbelievable, man. Just fell in love with him on one-on-ones. Yep, he was pretty fun to watch. Um, I think the most impressive guy to me was actually Michael Wilson out of Stanford. If he could just catch the ball, man, he's got it all. He had a he nice had game bad too. drops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he yeah. did. The injuries um, are a major concern with him. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, you know, we're going to be one-on-one heavy in our analysis. We, you know, we both kept an eye on it, but I, I think me more than you, because you, you know, you got to be in Boulder and doing stuff. But the one-on-ones are, are going to be heavily what, what my analysis is based on. Yeah. Um, but we should mention Tajay Spears, out of Tulane, who had a, mm-hmm. just an unbelievable bowl game against USC. He won offensive player of the practice week and got really nice reports. He's a small guy who came in a little bigger, uh, played at about 195, came in at 205 and still looked fast and explosive. So he's a guy you'd keep an eye on. He's another injury concern. That's why I wanted to bring him up when you talked about Michael Wilson, the Stanford wide receiver, perfect possession mm-hmm. wide receiver, with a little yep. de- deceptive uh, speed, a little Eric Decker to his game, if you will. Oh yeah, he can get off the line well too. He was yep. cooking some guys on releases. Yep. Um, to that point, yeah, quarterback and running back is just so hard at these Senior Bowls. It's like the game is where you get the most, where you learn the most about those positions. But it's like, yeah, it's a college all star game. You know, I'm not going to put too much weight in it. Absolutely. Um, anyways, back to wide receiver, Ronnie Bell kind of did his thing out there. Jaden Reed from Michigan State, I thought was really nice. <sighs> Explosive. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of Talk about uh, your corner, dude. bro. Come on. I'm going to get to the corners. I'll get to the corners. <laughs> uh, I got to shout out uh, Jonathan Mingo, though, from Ole Miss, because he is one of the only wide receivers that gave my favorite corner of the weekend fits. And that was Julius Brents out of Kent State or Kansas State. Sorry. Yes. Just super clean, uh, quick feet, oily hips. Um, he was, you know, kind of feisty. He's not too handsy. There are some definitely some more handsy cornerbacks yeah, in this but, class, but he but was not not handsy. Right, right. Um, <laughs> but Mingo, I mean, I think he kind of exposed him a bit because Mingo's a bigger wide receiver, really strong, um, isn't afraid to be physical when, in those first five yards, especially off the line. And that's where Brent's lost to him in the one-on-one. So uh, it's something to watch for when we get to DBs. Brent's really intriguing, man, because he's one of the biggest um, guys uh, at corner. He was the biggest guy at corner of the entire senior bowl. 6'3", 202, 33 and three-quarter inch arms, big. And if you're going to play a little more cover three, that's exactly the kind of guy you'd plug in. Physical, I agree with you, looked looked like one of the better guys. Um, Kai Blue Kelly, who was... Getting some top fifty love out of Stanford, bit disappointing, bit He's underwhelming. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, who was uh, another top fifty 
um, I liked guy, him. corner out of Miami. I know you liked him. Had some slips early, just couldn't get his footing necessarily, but then picked it up after that. He was kind of um, at the end, uh, Daniel Jeremiah's top 50. Um, so a name to, to keep in mind for sure. And the quarterbacks definitely did not help the wideouts in no, some of these drills. not at all. Mm-mm. A lot of overthrows and just inaccurate balls. I'm yeah. kind of glad I didn't see who was throwing a lot of the, the balls in one-on-ones because yes, um, it wasn't great. Dude, Sidney Brown, the safety out of Illinois, uh, Chase Brown's twin, the star running back out of huh. Illinois. Yeah, I thought and he was there too. He looked outstanding in coverage for a safety. Yeah. I thought he really, really played well. I thought JL Skinner, the safety out of Boise, 6'4, 211, big kid. Super um, physical. Yeah. I thought he played well. I thought Christopher Smith, the Georgia safety, smaller, 5'10, five, um, five, mm-hmm. 188, had some nice moments. Jamie Robinson, safety out of Florida State, won the best practice defensive player underwhelmed by him um and seemed to be around the ball on a lot of big plays during the game which you know it's good you're around the ball it's not great that a lot of big plays are happening (laughs) on your watch you know in one-on-ones i thought he did he showed off his techniques you know quick feet and stuff like that so i think there was something there i mean same with you though i didn't come away thinking he was the best defensive back that i saw though far from it um that's really about it, though. I mean, I think the yeah. wide receivers really got the better of these guys. Makai Blackman was there, and I, he was really solid all around, too. I mean, I got to throw him out. I mean, he's really polished, and I think um, other than Brents, he was the best cornerback I saw. Absolutely. Um, Terrence Tucker, little jitterbug out of Cincinnati. I, I hope I didn't just butcher the his name. wide receiver. Yeah, I thought yeah, he, he looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian Rodriguez look good in the game. The Kentucky running back, we got to shout him out, mm-hmm. or we'll hear from Kentucky UDFA, our yeah. guy. Um, yeah. he actually gives me Tyler Algier vibes, man. Oh, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jake Hayner had a nice game, you know, he's guy. he's a, he's a gamer, he's a gamer, he, he is, gets man. stuff done. Um, and the Kansas Edge, I mentioned him earlier, Lonnie Phelps really showed up on the game, really, really yeah. played well. Um, one everyone, more guy I was intrigued by, yes, the Princeton wide receiver Andre. And this is some like Greek last name. Do you know how to say this last name, bro? I'm the like name butcher, <laughs> Iosovis. Is it like it's better than I would have said it? There you go. <laughs> that guy, um, is toolsy, and I'm intrigued to see where he goes. Um, man, I okay, so day one, the big winner was Keanu Benton. The like pass rushing, uh, D tackle out of uh, Wisconsin. He really lit it up. And Keon White, the edge, who insanely was, he's he's ninth on Daniel Jeremiah's board. Um, he flashed. He didn't, you know, he he merely flashed. He that didn't was wow it. me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned, you know, Andre Carter, Foskey being losers for me. Rashi Rice out of SMU, who was kind of in that tier of like after the big three at wide receiver, J- Johnson, Johnston. I need to remember to mm-hmm. say Johnston, Addison and Smith and Jigba. Uh, you know, Rashi Rice was in that tier of could he 
be in that mix for like, you know, Zay Flowers and these Kason Bowdy, those kind of guys to be that first wide receiver taken of that next year. Rashi Rice, that ain't it, bro. That ain't it. Yeah. He, he really struggled. Yeah. So the SMU wide receiver, I think he'll he'll be value later on. But Payne Durham it. was nice at tight end in one on ones. Purdue, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, so there you go. And um, Zay Flowers is the big note from the Shrine game. Everyone just drooling over Zay Flowers. Um, Jake's Jake Sky at wide receiver out of Boston it's College. Dog, man. Yeah. I mean, he just gets open, you know. He's not mm-hmm. going to have a ton of margins. I worry he's a little Sky Moore like. Um, right. But, you know, like he's got it going on. He's in practice. He, the dude just gets open. Yeah. Got the speed, got the hands. He's got the releases. Um, you just worry about that size, like you said. Yep. Exactly. Um, let's get into this Daniel Jeremiah top 50. Please. And your biggest takeaways, my friend. Man, John Robinson up at four. Um, Devin Witherspoon I mean, at five. Boom, boom. Like right off the yeah. bat. Like that, and we that talked about in... Witherspoon at Breck Brew. Like that. He, right. He's got, he's getting some CB1 buzz and there's a lot to like there. But fifth overall, seeing... holy cow. That put that put it in perspective for me that like wow maybe this draft class isn't as good as I really thought it was, um, especially once you get down to the bottom of this top fifty where we're throwing guys like Luke Musgrave in there, um, Tuli Tuli Peloto who I hey. thought was imp- impactful but uh, yeah, uh, what he has some like the... he has some hey Musgrave man I gave the Mark Andrews <laughs> comp last episode you looked at me like I was That's crazy true. I'm, I'm telling you. Um, no, I I liked him. My guy Laporta was up there. He's at forty six though. Too. Yeah, no, I mean, insane. Davis Allen, who we didn't even touch on, the Clemson tight end, has made the top fifty. I mean, it gets crazy at the bottom of the top ten. Keon White eighth, Dalton Kincaid. I said first round grade for mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid. Like we're a Dallas Clark comp, like, but ninth overall in this class. My I know. God, that's it's crazy, man. That's high, son. Jordan Addison, who. Uh, one of the takes uh, coming in after I was hearing after our pod last week was that there might not be a first round, you know, like first round grade wide receiver in this class. Jordan Addison, 10th overall. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then my guy, Zach Charbonnet at 44. No. I'm telling you, this guy I miss is going that. to be a dog in the NFL. Um, oh, my God. And his, DJ's one-liner at the end. Overall, I love Charbonnet's 2021 tape, and he was even better in 2022. 100% exactly <laughs> what happened. He was amazing last year. I'm telling you, you're going to watch him and what he did this season, and it is crazy. He is just the perfect blend of size, uh, speed, receiving ability, running ability. He is a dog. Hell yeah, man. I mean, another guy who could be in the Broncos range there. For sure. Um, for sure, very intriguing. Brian Brees at 43, my guy. Uh, mm-hmm. shocking, shocking, yeah. but like injured all of his sophomore year. That that Clemson front was not up to the hype mm-hmm. last season, especially the second half of last year. So, I think that's really intriguing. Steve Avila making that, I know, top 50. Um, Derek Hall, also the Auburn edge at 24. Yeah, I mean, Will McDonald's 29th. 
Yeah. Like the, it's not the high, yeah, it's not the highest end talent. You know, Darnell Washington, 17th. I, I waxed poetic about him last episode. Love the kid, but, you know, it's like Anthony Richardson being 13th, I think, says a lot. Yep. Um, Zay Flowers is at 41 there. Cody Mock at 45 also. Um, yeah. It's just really, even our guy Tyreek Stevenson at 48 man i mean it's right. usually when you're at the senior bowl there's like outside of quarterbacks there's usually what like three or four top 50 guys there and now we're looking at 10 or more maybe that were at the senior bowl and i think that kind of hits the point that we're trying to make here yeah there's a lot of top 100 guys at the end of this top 50 yeah that's not dissing the guys. It's just trying to look at it from more of a universal perspective and not caught in just this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fair assessment. Um, any mock takeaways? Mock takeaways. Trenton Simpson would have been the Broncos pick in the Stan Brugler mock at 29. And so Will I think... Anderson would have been the original Broncos pick at fifth overall, too. Woo! Yeah. Woo. Um mm-hmm. all these mocks are so heavy on edges at the end. Zach Harrison, mm-hmm. BJ Ojulari. I kind of love it. It's another mock where B. John Robinson's low, which we've said all along. That's gonna that's one of the debates. Quentin Johnston also low. I am I just am I off on Quentin Johnston, Jake? We'll have to wait for this wide receiver breakdown. Also, I think the pod going forward, kids, with the Broncos not having a first and second position previews, it might not be as top-heavy focused. It might be more we have fun talking about our top threes and then focusing a little more on guys in that Broncos range for mm-hmm. the second half of the top 100. You know, So I do think yeah. the, 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 the pod going forward will be a little more the gems we love in that 50 to a hundred range, less so the top 50 guys, which is going to be fun. Um, and yeah, I'm just excited. It's uh, there's always endless stuff to talk about, but with Sean Payton and the all-star games, we definitely wanted to hit on that and get any other last thoughts out. So yeah, Jake, anything else you wanted to touch on? Um, no, I think that, uh, we just still have a lot to learn about this draft class and, um, today kind of highlighted it. So there you go. Love it. Always a pleasure. Thank you to DraftKings for being the presenting sponsor of this here podcast. Shout out to J Mike who couldn't make it, but, uh, you know, always a stud and, uh, we'll be back next week. Bye.